what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i am your other co-host ryan buell welcome back sir Woo-hoo. you were camping recently i hope you had a good time i did it was a lot of fun up at dinky creek that's a hilariously named creek it's very dinky and it's very creaky well that's good it just <laughs> makes noises it just it's, makes noises. it's a haunted creek it's a haunted creek you know many a ghost um that's good well uh i know you were off camping for a lot of that but did you get a chance to watch anything uh yes before that i actually (laughs) i actually went through all four lethal weapon movies oh wow which was a treat because i love those movies i have only seen one of them which one the first one and i don't remember anything about it i actually watched it with you we did? Mm-hmm. When was this? Uh, a few years ago. All back? Yeah, oh it was when gosh. Patrick and Jacob were living together. Okay, okay. I vaguely remember that. But that's the best one. Okay. I, I love all four, but if you're just going to watch one, the first one, one and done, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely, oh, it's so good. Mel Gibson is crazy and shooting people and angry and wants to eat a bullet. Pretty much every other movie he's done. But, uh, oh yeah. So, Lethal Weapon. And I just finished your recommendation, Stranger Things. Yeah! So good! Oh my gosh. I, I did it on a whim. I was at home. I didn't know. I, I, I've got a backlog of a bunch of stuff I need to watch. One of them is I need to finish Daredevil Season 2, mm. which uh, I really need to finish. But on a, on a whim, I just started it. Two days later, <laughs> I finished it. Ah. Oh. It's so good. It's so good, man. I love that show. I, yeah, I also finished it in the interim, and man, it's that finale is crazy strong. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing about it is it's wholly satisfying, mm-hmm. but open enough for season two to come in and do some stuff. Yeah. But if it didn't go beyond season one, which would be an insane decision from Netflix, but if it didn't go beyond season one, it would still be a good narrative. Complete package. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so many offshooting storylines that brilliantly coalesced oh my into gosh. one thing. It's yeah. just like, oh, I yeah. love it. When and just the, like, the nostalgia is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a... Oftentimes we see a lot of nostalgia preying. Um, you know, I think examples from the last couple of years are Jurassic World and Ghostbusters. Yep. Um, and these are more nostalgia inspiration. You know, they, they take the the cues from those things yeah, they and pay, they pay homage yeah and without they sacrificing exactly they craft them into this story that's completely unique um while still recycling some of those previous elements and it just works so much better than just like adapting a thing again yeah rehashing the old yes and it's incredibly well acted yeah amazing kid actors 
Winona Ryder uh, was really good in that. Which gosh. was a shocker. I didn't know that was her until she showed up on the screen. I was like, oh, the one who stole things. Yeah. Eh, she's actually not too bad. No, I I have always really liked Winona Ryder. Um, partially because I feel like I've always had a little bit of a crush on Winona Ryder. Uh, um, <laughs> trying to think of her classic movie days. Like, I know. Beetlejuice, man. Beetlejuice, well, I know, but I mean, like, her, like, Beetlejuice was one of them. But what are the other ones? Like, Heathers. Uh, I've never even heard of that one. Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. What else is one I'm writer in? She's been a lot. Yeah, she has. Um, she was sadly in the last Aliens movie. Oh, really? Yeah. She was... Spoiler alert. She was an android. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a terrible movie. Oh yeah, she's in Great Balls of Fire. She's in Edward Scissorhands. That's right. Oh, I remember she was really young in Great Balls of Fire with uh, Dennis Quaid, right? Yeah, yeah. She played his cousin who he, he married. second cousin? Yeah, that he, he married, married. The 13-year-old girl Ugh. that he married. Yeah. That was, a, that was an interesting story, but creepy as all get out. Yeah. Jerry, Lew- Jerry Lee Lewis was kind of a weirdo. Yeah. That's a good movie, though. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. She was in Mermaids. Uh, she's in Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman. That's right. Mm-hmm. She was in Age of Innocence, the Scorsese movie. She's in Reality Bites, Little Women. Uh, she had a small part in the Star Trek reboot. Yes, Spock's she mom. played Spock's mom, which was super weird. Because mm. it was like, oh man, Winona Ryder's Spock's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I really like Winona Ryder a lot. Uh, apparently she was in Black Swan, but I don't remember that at all. Probably a very minor part. Yeah, it had to have been. Um... Yeah, so it was, it, like, when she showed up, I was like, Winona Ryder Renaissance. Like, we had the Reconnaissance, <laughs> and now we have the Winona Ryder Renaissance. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's have the Winona Ryder Renaissance and the Hugh Grant Renaissance. Yeah, uh, did you watch anything else? Uh, no, that's it for me. Uh, let's see, what did I watch? I actually watched a bunch of stuff. Um, I saw Deadpool again. Ah, I love that movie. I like it. Yeah. Uh I think it kind of runs out of steam by the end. Yeah, just like the jokes and like the the it factor of it. That and just like by the time they showed back up at the shipyard, I found myself like just playing a game on my phone. Like I was like, mm, I mean, this is fine, but like, there's nothing too like revolutionary about that entire like action sequence. Like it's very like stock superhero action sequence, yeah. and it's not bad. Like but, it's a well made movie. Well, what do you think about his commentary on the fact that it was a stock, like the hero jump? You know that you know. I like that, um, but the there's not commentary. Yeah, well. there's not enough of that running through the entire sequence for me to like really be super on board with it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of at the beginning, and then it just kind of does become one of those scenes, yeah. but never really references it again. With the success of the first one, mm-hmm. do you think? Obviously, they're doing a sequel, but yeah. do you think they'll up their game for the sequel? Now they know we have an audience, we're the number one R-rated superhero movie of all time. Do you think they'll do something with that? Yes, because um, I think the people involved in it really care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're going to, I know they're going to have a bigger budget. Um, that was one of the things why they couldn't make this, you know, yeah. huge, like, City, city exploding. You got to make the scene sequence. where he shows up at the X Mansion. Oh yeah, that's great. Like I really, really like everything leading up to that last scene. It's just yeah. by the time we got to that last scene, and there's not as many jokes in that scene as there are True. the rest of the movie. It just feels like not disjointed, but it's just like, I mean, okay. 
Um, Saves a girl, kills a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, there's that great moment where he's got the Hugh Jackman mask stapled on under. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's yeah. such a good joke. Well, it's probably my favorite joke in the whole movie. That was really dope. Um, but, and, and everything leading that up to that is, like, really, really solid. Yeah. Um, I, it was my second time seeing it. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, that was good. And then this time I was like, oh no, this is, like, really good. It's really entertaining and, like, moves really nicely and, like, the the story between him and the girl at the center of it is like really sweet and yeah. like good natured and like good and like I like the whole tone of the movie yeah. because he's so sarcastic and quippy, but it's so uncynical about it's the things it tries to talk about mm-hmm. that I think it works really well. Whereas if he was like, if it was really like hard nosed and gritty and cynical while still being like that, it would feel really like dirty. Like it would feel yeah. like really gross, you yeah. know? And it doesn't because it's like a very good natured movie at the, like beneath all the dumb jokes. Yeah. Beneath all the, the, the immaturity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so, so I, I liked that. I think they did a really good job handling the tone of Deadpool. Mm. And then I saw Star Trek beyond, mm. which uh, oh, so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. It's it might be my favorite movie of the summer, man. Oh snap! I still need to see it. That's on my list. <sighs> it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. If you were to put in a phrase what they got right, what would that phrase be? Well, so I have to be <laughs> cautious with that because I'm not a Star Trek guy. Okay. I've never really watched Star Trek at all. Not um, even Next Generation. Nope. <gasps> Son. Nope. Not. I mean, and not for lack of want. I just There's haven't. The opportunity. Yeah. Um, on Netflix. It is all on Netflix. It's just, it's also very intimidating because, like, what if I don't like it? Then I'm going to feel bad. <laughs> um, well, then don't start with the original. <laughs> or season one of Next Generation. Or season one, yeah. <laughs> um, Gene Roddenberry, you sick schmuck. Um, I really liked it, though. I thought the cast was all, like, this is the best performance any of them have given. Um, Chris Pine has really come into his own as Kirk. Mm-hmm. Zachary Quinto is amazing as Spock in this movie. Um, Carl Urban is great as Bones, which is awesome because he's my favorite part of mm-hmm. uh, these movies. Um, and I felt like he was not that good in Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like Star Trek Into Darkness isn't a good movie anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, part of that is Justin Lin directed it. Justin Lin directed the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. And that guy knows how to work an ensemble. Yeah. And so... And he knows how to direct action because he has successfully directed uh, the best and the worst Fast and Furious movies. And... The worst one was the first one he did, and the best one was the second to last one he did. So he's grown as a director. Mm. Uh, once again, the camera work is all amazing in the movie. Um, he uses just the geography of his action scenes super well. Mm. Um, and he doesn't make it space fast and furious. Uh, mm. He very easily could have just plugged that formula into Star Trek and had like a bunch of big, like giant, crazy action scenes. But like, there are maybe four in the whole two hour movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they're long and they're really good, but you know, it's not like this whole fast paced, like crazy action. Like it's a little slow in the middle. Mm. Um, not in a bad way. I really liked watching all these characters interact. Um, the crew gets split up and the way they pair them off is really great. Uh, mm. Like I said, Bones and Spock end up together and like, uh, yeah, yeah they're awesome. just so like opposites, but like respect the crap out of each other still yeah. too. So there's like this great tension between them. Um, the new character Jayla is incredible. Uh, mm. She's a really solid character. 
um, super funny, super well written, uh, gets like a bunch of stuff to do. You know, she's not just kind of put to the side of like, oh, well, we need a new character because it's a new Trek movie. Yeah, you're the Kirk love interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a nobody love interest, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Um, Idris Elba's okay. He, I mean, he's good. He's a good actor. But yeah. The villain's okay. It's probably the weakest part of the movie, but mm. it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's just really solid. Uh, the best use of pop music I've seen in like a decade in a movie mm. from not Martin Scorsese. It's so good that I feel like we should just be like, okay, no more, pop, no more pop music in a movie unless you're Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino or Steven Spielberg, but Steven Spielberg, Spielberg has to fill out a form. Um, <laughs> but other than that, no one else is allowed to use it because you're not going to top the use of Beastie Boys in this movie. That's pretty awesome. Uh, it's great. I'm not going to spoil why it's great, but it is it's so amazing. It's it's my favorite movie moment of the entire year. To the like, I almost cried happy tears, and I don't cry happy tears. I didn't cry happy tears at my wedding. <laughs> like, dang. Um, I just it started happening, and my like, I, I lost control of my body. Like, I just <laughs> I got chills. I this like giant grin plastered. Multiplying. Yes. Control. Yes. Um. <laughs> This giant grin plastered across my face, and like I felt like my eyes get watery, and I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> I was just like, "This is joy, like pure joy from a movie," and I don't think I've experienced this year in a movie that's not Civil War. Mm. Um, and man, it's it was so good. Uh, man, I loved it. Like, if you were like, "Let's stop recording this podcast and go see it right now," instead, I would be like, "Okay, we can do that." <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that's it for what I watched. I had actually a busy watching week, which is good. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk some news. Yes, the trailer for Mel Gibson's latest directorial uh, effort came out this weekend, and it's called Hacksaw Ridge. It's a World War II drama about, um, I don't know the guy's name. I assume he's a real guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is it World War II or World War One? I? I think II. I think it's okay. World War II. Okay. Uh, he's a pacifist uh, because of his faith, and mm-hmm. uh, as a result, elects to not go into battle with any sort of a weapon. Yeah, he's a medic. Yes. Um, and he is one of the most successful medics in military history, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, that's the, uh, not, never shot one bullet. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of that, that story. The reason we're talking about that over maybe anything else this week is Ryan's favorite actor of all time <sighs> is Mr. Mel Gibson. Now, yes, sir. Mel Gibson's had some controversy around him in the last few years, and we mm-hmm. understand that, but we're not here to talk about that. Nope. Um, <laughs> so, so Ryan, what did you think about the uh, the Hacksaw Ridge trailer? I loved it. That trailer had more emotional punch than most of the trailers or movies I've seen so far this year. And I just, I immediately was like, I gotta go see this movie. And then I found out Mel Gibson directed it. And I was like, well, of course he directed it. Just with the sheer weight of everything, like, I don't know, character and emotion are real big for me. Yeah. And, like, if a character can, if a movie can convey an emotion and not, and be real about it and not be fake or pandering, I'll buy, I'll buy it. Yeah. And the storyline sounds extremely, you know, this man who is a pacifist, but also feels an obligation to serve his country. He can't just stay home mm-hmm. while other men are dying for his freedom. Um, that's interesting in and of itself, but the way they've executed it, and knowing Mel Gibson, I think he's 
a perfect guy for this kind of thing. He's both an actor and a director. Mm -hmm. So he speaks actors' language, and he can tell them, okay, this is how, you know, just the directing of them, I think you're going to get the best performance. But, uh, no, I, I've i loved Mel Gibson as an actor. That's why I love the Lethal Weapon movies mm -hmm. and uh, Maverick and Braveheart. I mean, I think the guy just gets storytelling, and he gets... Um, characters and how to convey those emotions across and so i'm i'm sold yeah. on this new one yeah um i mean there's no denying mel gibson is crazy talented um i think he <laughs> i think he's an icon that has not been served very well by history um mm. A lot of that because of, you know, the kind of problematic things he's said in the he, past. He's um, made bad choices. He has made bad choices. But I think we've forgiven a lot of artists for a lot worse stuff. Well, look at Robbie, Robert Downey Jr., mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. a few years ago, he accepted an award for something. And I know Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson are like really, really good friends. I don't mm -hmm. know if they're best friends, but I know they're yeah. really good friends. Yeah, like, he was in he, The Singing Detective with Mel Gibson. Yeah. And uh, and he like praises Mel Gibson in this yeah. speech. It's on YouTube somewhere, mm. but um, which just speaks to the fact this guy. I'm losing my train of thought, but this guy is just really good at what he does. Yeah, but he's human. Yeah, and the difference between you and I, if you and I say something stupid, oh well, whatever. But he's in the public eye. You do something stupid, everybody knows about it, and everybody, little part in the pun, will crucify you. Yeah, <laughs> for, doing, for doing something stupid. And yeah, and part of it is also he very like he made a um, film charged by faith mm -hmm. in the Passion of the Christ, and it was not made the way something like a Noah or a Ben Hur is, or the the Ben Hur remake has been made. You mean not crappy? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that, but also, you know, it wasn't, he, like the people who made Noah and are making Ben-Hur, they don't consider themselves people of faith. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So when he made those mistakes, it was look at what a hypocrite this Catholic yeah. guy is. Which the world loves to do that, period. Mm. And so, so that had a lot to do with it, but I mean, gosh, Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, Braveheart. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite movies from the 90s is Ransom. I love that movie. I still haven't seen that Oh one. man, I love that movie. I actually prefer it to Payback. Uh, the Patriot has its problems, but he's super good in it. Yeah. Um, you know, The Passion of the Christ is a pretty well-directed movie. Apocalypto is a really well-directed movie. I don't like that movie, but it's crazy well-directed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Mel Gibson will be remembered as one of the greats eventually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think as generations get older and more removed from his very public mistakes i think he'll get his due diligence and i think maybe we're coming around on the uh to throw the term around again the gibson assance um yeah. he's in this movie that's coming out i believe this weekend called uh blood father mm. and apparently that's kind of a almost this way of a <clears throat> quote-unquote atoning for a lot of the the stuff he's done in the past you know mm. it seems very um, even though it's this like weird, weird like bloody revenge thriller, which he's so good at. Yeah, <laughs> um, that, that's his forte. Yeah, uh, it, it it's also supposed to be this kind of like public apology for some of the stuff he's done in the past. And so, mm. um, you know, he just got announced that he, uh, it, I mean, he's directing Hacksaw Ridge. He's going to be in a movie with Sean Penn in a couple years oh, or wow. next year or something. Um, you know, he, he had kind of a lull in his career, obviously, where he was taking stuff like The Expendables 3, which he apparently is the best part of, and yeah. Machete Kills, which I love him in. I think he's so fun and great in that movie, and I think he's at a really good spot now. And, 
you know, I mean, Mel Gibson is a multi-Academy Award winning director. Yeah. Um, you know, Braveheart is a movie that I've only seen one time ever. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, but he directed the crap out of that movie, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, that wasn't that his directorial debut? I believe so. Yes. Oh, dude. You you have to see that a few times. That yeah. That movie's got so much punch to it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. I mean, uh, that, movie, that man, as the phrase, that man gives me the feels. Mm-hmm. Like, he really does the character-centric story arc. Good good story writing, period. It's a good, he writes solid stories, but it's the characters and their reactions to things. They're just so honest. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that's true. Um, Maverick is my oh. go-to make-me-feel-better-when-I'm-sick movie. That's I a great movie. love Maverick. I think it's so funny and so great. And he's great in it, and James Gardner's great in it, and there's a great lethal weapon joke in it. Yeah, Danny Glover shows up. Oh man, up. that Danny Glover cameo is one of my like top ten cameos ever. It's so good. That movie holds perhaps one of my favorite quotes that I tend to use in my life, especially when it's been a terrible week. <laughs> Beginning of the movie, and pardon my foul language, but I just love how it begins. It's like, I had just been a shitty week to begin with. Yeah. And it opens with you know, him hanging That's just like, you can use that life. It's just been a crappy week to begin with. Yeah. And then this happens. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I love that movie, unapologetically. It's so great. Um, so, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, you know, I was very excited for Mel to get back behind the director's chair. Right. Um, and it looks like he did a good job, man. Um, World War II or more movies, period. He mm-hmm. does great with that style because yeah, you get the, the big picture of it all but then also the the individual story arcs yeah um which side note that'll probably get edited out i hope that's what uh that's why christopher nolan chose a world war ii movie as his next movie because he needs that yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, mel gibson you know uh he's a solid director andrew garfield's in it um he's mm-hmm. he's a fine actor um i've never been blown away by a performance of his but he looks super good in this. Yeah. Um, have you seen a movie called Sergeant York? Y- uh, yes, in high school. Yeah. They played it, and it looked like that. I thought it, that's what it was at first. It looks but... like a remake of Sergeant York. Um, so Sergeant York is, uh, and you're going to have deja vu here, mm-hmm. is about this man who in World War One was a pacifist because of his faith and basically had to reconcile with his superior officers like why he should go into battle if he claims to be a member of this very like peaceful nonviolent um faith and the the story differs in that sergeant york eventually was able to realize you pick know up the gun. yeah he he was able to pick up the gun whereas um the i feel bad for not knowing the real man's name but the guy in hacksaw ridge he does not yeah. um sergeant york though uses his gun very sparingly um over the course of the the war sequences of the mm-hmm. movie until for all intents and purposes all hell breaks loose and he ha- he's left with no other option yeah. and he kills like 14 or 16 or 18 officers and takes 20 or so hostage yeah. without firing a shot at them yeah um well he does he does kill with a gun like 14 or 18 of them. well i know but i mean yeah. like oh, at yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. point the, the the thing he's known for yes yeah um and then like sergeant york takes a turn in that he comes back um you know, and they kind of make him this war hero because he is. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really want that attention because he doesn't, he recognizes the cost of that. Like, yeah. he still cost men their lives and he can't, like, he doesn't want to be known for that. Um, 
It's a great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Gary Cooper's in it. I, yeah. I think he was nominated for Best Actor that year it came out. It's amazing. Hacksaw Ridge looks like a good basic. I mean, basically modern update of that. It sounds a little reductive based on the fact that it's still another real story about a real man like that. Mm-hmm. But it, because Sergeant York exists and I love that movie so much, I'm definitely going to see Hacksaw Ridge and I'm probably going to love it. I just would need a reason to watch that over Sergeant York. Mm. And for that, I don't, like, I don't really see that in the trailer. Okay. You know, like, once it hits Blu-ray, if I'm given the choice, Sergeant York's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, that's that's I, that's a little unfair because the movie's not out yet and I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but, so, so from that, I was like, this looks like Sergeant York. That's great. Uh, you know, I think we need more movies like that. But also... I have Sergeant York. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant York does exist. Um, you know, and it's in color and, and you know, Sergeant York's from the 40s and in black and white. So, you yeah. know, there's reasons why you would watch it to, like, show, like, you know, your kids or high school students or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think it looks really solid, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be good. Um, yeah, we will take a short break and be right back to talk about Jason Bourne. Did I get it right? This is the meat of the episode, and we're here to talk about Jason Bourne, the mm. uh, not just the character, but that is the title of the latest movie, starring Matt Damon as uh, Jason Bourne, the spy who doesn't know who he is. And the plot of the movie is basically um, he doesn't he remembers everything now. It's you know some years after the Bourne Ultimatum, he remembers everything. Um, I'm gonna be really bad with character names in this. Uh, Julia Stiles pops back up in his life and is like, "Hey, I found." Uh, uh, Nancy, Nikki, Nikki, something. Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her character. Yeah, Nikki, Nikki something. He shows yeah. back up in his life and is like, "Hey, I have documents connecting your father." Uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, yeah. Spoilers for the whole thing. I have documents connecting your father to uh, the Treadstone project that you were a part of. Uh, and then uh, she dies, and then it becomes kind of Jason Bourne trying to figure out, piece together what that all means for him, mm. that his father not only was involved but was kind of the head like the the he was the brainchild for lead architect yeah uh for the the treadstone project and sort of where he fits into that um you know and and how that colors in his vague memories of his father and um the circumstances surrounding his father's death uh in the meantime the cia does not want him to find that out so they have sent uh an assassin who has gone through the blackbriar program which is another assassin program um to kill Bourne, and um, also there's Facebook Lite uh, stuff going on around it, and yeah. it all leads to the showdown in Vegas, and stuff happens. Um, People die. Yeah. Shot. Yep. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in it along the way. Yeah. Uh, Vincent, Vincent Gallo's in it. Um, yeah. Uh, what What did you think about Jason Bourne, Ryan? Well, I, I came into it with some trepidation. Uh, I, I wanted it to be good. I ultimately, I feel meh about it. Um... It did the things I expected it to do, which is Matt Damon kicking ass. Mm-hmm. That was definitely in it. Reason for caring, it didn't quite give me that emotional punch I was looking for. Like, they, the catalyst was, my father died, why did he die, how is he attached to this? I didn't 
buy that. Like they didn't. To me, it's just it, 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 the movie did not sell the premise to me. It I understood. Okay, this is why Jason Bourne's back in the game, um, but it just felt like a very much a rehash mm-hmm. of what had come before. Um, I I think all the actors did great. Like acting, I think was done perfectly. Um, the musical score, like it felt like a Jason Bourne movie, and I owe that to uh, the director and Matt Damon. I'm sure and Matt Damon was a producer on the movie. Mm. So had some creative control. So the feel of the movie is like, okay, this fits the universe. Like the tone, I can't say was unfaithful. But it's just, I don't know, something about it was just like, I don't care mm-hmm. why you're going after this thing. And it's it, it felt like what it was, was we just need another reason to do more story. Yeah. Which is what I was afraid of. Like I wanted a solid reason for Bourne to get back into things. And it just felt like, oh no, like... The government's chasing him again, and he's going after his father, and his father's somehow involved. What? Okay, and we chase this down, and, you know, conniving people. I thought Tommy Lee Jones' character was really weak. Like, he was he was very uh, two-dimensional, like, mm-hmm. not a lot of depth to him. He was just a typical bad government guy. Yeah. I did not care for the whole, like, the Facebook app culture, which I felt like was because of the times. Like, that's now a thing. Yeah. So now it's in the movie, and I was like... I could do. I could have done without that, and you know the whole the government is evil kind of. It felt very liberal. Mm. It felt like Matt Damon's kind of ideology, or maybe not necessarily his, but that thing about government control and the whole, you know, we're going to use phones to wire and you know. Um, oh, I just forgot. Spy. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. Lee, well, Tommy Lee Jones bent to the whole thing. Oh yeah, and it just felt like ham like shoved in there like unnecessarily. Um, Matt Damon, like I said, Matt Damon did good, but it just, I didn't really care. That's the best way I can put it. Like, I wanted to care. I mm-hmm. wanted to care about the character. I wanted to see his progression. They were faithful to what I talked about last time, where he is still a tortured soul. But when they brought in the whole thing about, well, maybe we can reel him back in because now he feels aimless. I was like, please do not end the movie where he joins again. <laughs> the, the, the part I love the most was the ending. Okay. And not just because it was the ending, but because, yeah. of the, you know, you remember the scene where she's like, I'll either bring Bourne in or I'll take him out. Yeah. And as, after she has a conversation with him, hands him the star of his father, she gets in the car, he's got the recording and shows that he had heard everything. And yes. then the movie ends like, okay, that's Bourne. Yeah. Like it, it, it for, <sighs> that's my least favorite scene in the movie, but I will wait until I respond. Favorite? Yeah. I'll wait until I to respond. To me, that felt, that felt like, okay, that feels like Bourne. Like it felt, I don't know, hopefully my thoughts are not being too, are not too dis jointed but it just the bet meh <laughs> if yeah, that makes sense yeah um i get that it's it's good enough for something that shouldn't exist in the first place yeah <laughs> um <laughs> is, is how i feel about it uh matt damon's very good in it um, yes. matt damon's a really good actor and he's very good in the role he clearly still cares about playing the character which is good he looks dope with his like salt and pepper gray hair. Yeah, I was like, that was yeah, cool. this is awesome. <laughs> um, Tommy Lee Jones is very good in it. His character isn't the best. Uh, it's just kind of like, you know, um, mustache McTorley. Yeah. I thought Ju- Julia Stiles was awful in this movie. Yeah. I thought she was really bad. For the- Maybe 10, 15 minutes of screen time she actually had. Yes. Um, I think they only had her in there to tie up her loose yes. end from the Bourne Ultimatum. And 
That's why yeah. they killed her off right out the gate. Yeah, she dies, and uh, it was you could just tell by the way she was acting, like she did not care because why should she? She's only going to be here for a few days of yeah. filming, you know, which sucks. Um, but I also kind of get it. Um, you know, it did. It kind of very unceremoniously gets rid of her too. I felt yeah. like. Um, yeah, I felt like that character deserved better. Um, to the point where when we saw when we stepped out of the movie, I looked at my friends and I was like, "Hey, um, Julia Stiles wasn't awful in the other ones, right?" And they were like, "No, <laughs> she was. She was good." And I was like, "Okay, she was really bad in this movie." I the 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 social media like dream poops or whatever the name of the the social media platform was. <laughs> uh, it it was it was fine because it was barely there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any more, and I would have been like, whatever. Yeah. And I was like that. Like, I did not pay attention to almost any of those scenes and could not tell you what happened in them. Yeah. I think the guy who did, who played the Zuckerberg character, he did fine. Yeah. Um, he's a decent actor. He played that type of guy very well. Yeah. He just didn't need, like, you could cut him out and the movie would be better for it. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough of it in there to really ruin the entire thing. Yeah. It did feel very preachy, like you said. Uh, you know, it, it very much had more of an agenda, I feel like, yeah. than the other ones, which I'm not a super huge fan of either either way in my movies. Um, and it just... It was... The, the, the first 30 minutes are great. When he's in Greece and, like, the car chase and the motorcycle chase through that and Vincent Callow's, like... Um, uh, Vincent Castle, sorry, Vincent Castle's like trying to find him with a sniper, and he shoots yeah, Nikki. Yeah. Like all that whole scene is amazing. Like yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the better action sequences of the summer. Mm. Um, I thought it was very tense, and it goes on for like thirty minutes. And I was like, long, yeah, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like to open your movie on this like huge extended first act. Like this is great. I'm all about this. Um, yeah. Alicia Vikander, who plays Heather, who is sort of the stand-in for Nikki in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a really good job, although her accent is all over the place. Uh, she's is. a Swedish actress, and she had a very hard time maintaining her American it's accent. It's true, and I never understood her motivations. Fair enough. Fair like, enough. You, you, at the end, you kind of get it. It seems like she just wanted to... It seemed like herself? a power play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they don't give you enough of that throughout it. Yeah. Um, you know, she... Because at the end, basically, she, you, you kind of find out that she... Because she is the one who ultimately kills Tommy Lee Jones... And the last scene is her kind of revealing that it was all kind of a play for his seat as yeah. director of the CIA so that she could bring Bourne back in and kind of restart yeah. the Treadstone But program. they never revealed what her personal stake in it was. Yeah. Because remember in the beginning, the, the, the Tommy Lee Jones didn't originally want her on the case because she had some personal connection. But we never found out what that connection was. Yeah. We knew the sniper guy's connection because of Bourne's actions i think in the second or third movie yeah that exposed black briar a lot of men died and so he's bitter against born so that i understood but her bent was that ever explained did i miss that i don't remember to be perfectly honest with you because the movie's like honestly the story of the movie is honestly kind of forgettable yeah and you know we're recording this about four days after i've seen it and so and i also saw star trek last night and that movie's so much better (laughs) that um i gotta make room in my brain pan (laughs) yeah and uh and she, I think, even despite her um, bad accent, her performance is good. Yeah. She plays that character very well. Um, the other thing, like the subplot with Bourne's dad, Bourne's dad isn't in the other movies, is he? No, he's not. He's never mentioned. Yeah. So, like, why do I care? Yeah. And the actor they got was just kind of like, oh, that he's the actor that the most movies he's the guy you hate. 
Oh, okay. So it was kind of hard seeing him as, you know, the hero's father. Yeah. It just didn't translate very well for me, so... Yeah. Um, also, um, I felt like the action... I felt like the action scenes were really weird in that they showed you every single moment leading up to the action and it was really boring um mm-hmm. the scene where he goes and finds the 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 guy who like worked on whatever program yeah and over the the um the he, roof yeah all, there's so much walking in that sequence it's just every like four individual characters just walking to where they're supposed to be for the action scene to start yeah. rather than just like having them there yeah and so it, would just, it was like aha uh-huh, i get it it's kind of a walk and you know there's there's supposed to be this underlying tension in that alicia vikander's character is trying to call the shots but then like tommy lee jones kind of overrides her and like there's like that power struggle there but like those characters are so weak that like it it's just you like you get it in one in one instance of that you're like okay i see what's this going on this is the dynamic okay. yeah and so it just like it just takes forever to pop off yeah. and you know once it does it's good you know he Bourne has gone through and like set all the fire alarms to go off based off of a cell phone call and like that feels very like Bourne. Yeah. You know. The climax of the movie um is a little the big car chase is a little too ridiculous for a Bourne movie it I felt like. It took a long time. And they even ran they ran through a casino. Yeah. Well, the big thing for me is when he lands on top of like the 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 end of that is he lands on top of this armored vehicle that Vincent Castle's That's character right. is driving, right. and it smashes him straight into the marquee of this casino. And I was like, you're a ghost for the rest of the movie then, because yeah. you certainly died in that car accident. Yeah. Um, also, it was really kind of cheap looking, because it takes place in freaking Las Vegas, and there's not a soul around. Yeah. Like, they couldn't even CGI in a crowd. Yeah. Like, there's no one walking the streets at Vegas during a tech convention. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's a scene where the, the SWAT car kind of plows through, like, a huge line of cars, and it just looks like something like a throwaway scene from a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. It's not, for, for a scene that has like iconic chase sequences, or for a movie, or a franchise, pardon me, Mm-hmm. For a franchise that has like iconic car chase sequences, this was very weak. Yeah. However, I loved the final showdown between him and Vincent Castle. That was that was pretty cool. That was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. In the sewers. I don't know yeah. how they got to the sewers. Uh, but... well, Vincent Castle had like a map that would get him to the sewers oh, after okay. he did his assassination. So like that's kind of was his end game the whole time was okay. to end up in the sewers. Okay. When that happened, like the fight there is awesome. It's super well done. It is pretty. It is pretty, it's very brutal. Yeah, it's like real visceral and like mean. Yeah. Like it feels like yeah. like I felt. Um, part of it is they're both pretty good actors. Yeah, and so I felt like both of them had like skin in the game in that yeah. fight. You know, like I was just like, man, this is yeah. they, they are in this. I like that fight too, but the the chasing leading up to it, which took forever, mm-hmm. just kind of took all the wind out of my sails. So by mm-hmm. that point, I was just, okay, just kill him and let's move on. Let's get on to. I, you know, at that point, the the emotional payoff just was I didn't care anymore. Mm. So. It was a good fight, uh-huh. and I loved um, Matt Damon's like the guttural, like rawness that he brought to it. Like yeah. there wasn't like th- they were breathing heavily yeah. in the fight. Not like most movies. You're just like, when do they breathe? When they're doing all these punches. When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, they're tired at the end of it. Yeah, and there's 
there's no music in the sequence, which mm. is great. Uh, I'm a sucker for like action sequences that just have the sound effects of the fight. The hallway fight scene in Daredevil. Wait, have you seen? Yeah, season yeah, one yeah. Daredevil. The hallway yeah. fight scene. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Example of a good fight. Yep. Um. So I really like that. And then it kind of ends with the shot of him just kind of in silhouette, grabbing his side because he's been shot. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been shot. Yeah. Um, grabbing his side and just kind of like shambling off into the night. And I was like, that's how you end a born. Oh, there's more. Okay. <laughs> All right. And so then it became that scene where, you know, Heather gets into the car with uh, Tommy Lee Jones's assistant and is like, I want to become the new director of the CIA. Was it his assistant? I think it was. So his boss? Yeah, I think it was the boss. I think okay. it was some huge political figure. Oh, that okay. Tommy Lee Jones's character answered to. Okay. And so that's who she got the new position from. Got it. And so, yeah, she's like, I want to be the new director of the CIA um, because. You know, he, like, Tommy Lee Jones was the old guard, and I'm, you know, part of this new, like, tech-savvy community. Yeah. We can really, like, spy on people now. <laughs> it's basically what she says. And she's spy like, hunger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, you know, we can bring Bourne back in, and he can be, you know, he can, he can be this new, like, kickoff for the new Treadstone or whatever. And then she, like, goes and meets Bourne and is like, hey, come back. And he's like, I'll think about it. And then she, she like, goes to her car, flips it open, and, like... She, there's like a recording device that's her saying that basically say like born like i gotcha boy, yeah boy boyd boyd spared her <laughs> born spying on her yeah. yeah and uh i didn't care i just did not care yeah. about that i was like why like why just show me this at the beginning of born five if you make it like True. just have it be like he, he's just a this lone samurai walking off into a the Ronin, night. If you will. Yeah, there yeah. we go. I couldn't remember the name. Um, yeah, this is just like Ronin. This just yeah. you know it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Exhausted warrior. Yeah, you know that. That's like how I wanted Born to go out. You know, yeah. it would have had a much a lot more punch if they had ended it with him walking off in the sewer, which is more like the original, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, all the movies. Yeah, they're always they always end with him going off into the sunset, or as, if you, as if you will, going yeah. off in that way. Um, and a very tragic figure. Yeah. Um, I wish they had made some kind of reference, though, to... I think her name was Marie? Oh, yeah, from, from the, the, first, the first two the first movies. Two. You know, even just, like, an acknowledgement of, like, a photo of her or something. Yeah. Like, I, that, to me... Again, maybe I'm too much... Maybe I draw too much on the emotional side of things, but to me, that would have given it a bit more of a punch to it well that and you 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 know you have this sort of um storytelling this parallelism in the storytelling in that nikki kind of goes out the same way she does and too like you know it's it's very reminiscent of like so just the women in his life get assassinated to every other movie (laughs) Um, i I did notice that they they tried to pull the same thing like this is how we're gonna pull him back in yeah we'll kill his maria if you will but as nikki yeah yeah, and I was just like, eh, you like, you, I mean, it's like what you're talking about with the rehash. Like, you've already done that. Like, yeah. you already killed an important woman in his life. Like, I get it. You yeah. know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad movie. No, it's just not that good of a movie either. No. I'm I'm glad I saw, it. and I was really, I mean, uh, uh, to juxtapose. Man, words suck <laughs> for me today. Having my dad with me and, and mm. him going in, he loved it because it gave him what I expected it to do. Yeah. Which was Matt Damon kicking butt, uh, an in- semi-interesting plot, and he he loved it a lot. So I would say to anyone who wants to see it, go see it. Yeah, you know, in- enjoy it for what it is. But if you're movie buffs like me and MJ, you're gonna find flaws, and 
I don't care to see it again. I've got the original trilogy. That's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, if I see it again, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but if I don't, that's also fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, you know, I was actually pretty hot on the movie when we came out, and I've cooled off in the last few days on it. Um, I, I was like, man, I really like that. And then as I've thought about it over the last four days or so, I'm like, that wasn't too great. Like, yeah. it was, eh, it was fine, but, eh. Yeah. I do encourage Read the Books by Robert mm, uh, Ludlum. Ludlum. They're really good. Yeah, I've never really read any well of them. Done. They're really well done. I believe they're they're obviously set in a, an older time. I think they're set during the Cold little I think they're set during the Cold War. Yes, I think you're right. Um and they're really good and the the stories that they get. Was this one based on the spy who came in from the cold? Is that one of the Uh I think it is. I think he only I think he only originally wrote 3. Anything after that, I think, has been somebody else writing, continuing the story. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, do, you, do you have anything else to say about uh, Jason Bourne? Um, uh, for me, it was middle of the road. Uh, it did what I thought it would do. Matt Damon fighting people. Just for me, I just ultimately didn't care. And very, very middle of the road feeling to it. So that's that's my take. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's not great. It's not bad. Um, it's just real middle of the road. Um, Matt Damon's great in it. Yeah. If you're a Matt Damon fan, you'll be uh, you'll be probably more impressed than you are with the Great Wall trailer. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw that. <sighs> Why is that in existence? <laughs> I have no idea. I was like, what is this even? <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got to say about Jason Bourne, man. It's a little bit shorter of an episode this week, but there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of slight. Uh, yeah, um, but in the meantime, you can find everything we do over at thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that r e e l perspective.blogspot.com. Get it? I'm cute. Uh, he is adorable it's pretty true uh, <laughs> you can find me on twitter at mjsmith891 uh, ryan is not on twitter i am not um, <laughs> i'm not hip to the times you can email the show before and after show at gmail.com be sure to find us on youtube uh, we are fully rolling with youtube once again uh, michael moray is the co-host for the youtube show now mm-hmm. um, currently you can see us talking about our expectations for suicide squad and being haunted by the monster from lights out um and uh, yeah uh thank you guys for listening and until next time go watch stranger things yes Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>